the eagle-eared amongst you may recognize what i was just playing them from the last the last podcast is so funny because you you know it's like a month since i last recorded something and um i mean so much has yeah so much has been going on um and it's funny how you something in all that time kind of feels more familiar it's this paradiddle thing where you put a double on the beginning so you play a paradiddle and you just put a double stroke on the beginning i think i was talking about this last time i don't even remember if i was actually maybe i was but anyway welcome back this is um episode 66 um of uh, Dave Walsh, drums in the shed, and the shed has been there's been a lot going on in the shed, which has been um, great, but it's m- kind of meant that there's not been a lot going on in the shed um, in relation to drums. But there has been a lot going on in the shed because I've been um, involved in this. Uh, I had this idea to help make the room a bit quieter um for recording and and also um i don't think i don't know if it will help with soundproofing i'm not sure but i kind of, kind of I had this kind of theory that when i was in when i was in the little drum room which is just behind me with the door shut i i was like listening to the the, the ambient sound of because it's not soundproofed you know the um the room so i was listening to this sort of the ambient sound of out of the outside world you know what could i hear um because i'm always thinking about you know the the thing about noise pollution is noise pollution is really affected by the other noises around you isn't it obviously i mean you know so if you've got silence which i have in there pretty much uh then i can really listen to what the ambient sounds are and in, in, you know that really stick out um because it's that thing of everything's like probably 40 or 50 i don't know whatever pulling a figure out the idb quieter so um it's like the thing years ago uh, an old friend of mine richard weatherall a great piano player i remember him saying that when he when he was in the car he used to put his his um his earplugs in they, they were you know proper earplugs uh, with proper diaphragms you know minus 15s i think they were and he said he when he, when he was in the car he'd just stick the earplugs in and then whack the volume up so then you, you wouldn't hear any of the background noise and you'd just hear the music you know and he said that was the best way in the car to listen to music and uh it's, it was so true and and I've already noticed it with the, the, the car i've currently got one of the reasons why i bought this car uh and this might sound really tragic. Um, is it's got uh, it's got this acoustic glass apparently, um, and because it's an EV, you know, it's like a hybrid. Uh, sorry, it's a hybrid, and it's so it's got a quite a decent electric range. But one of the the sort of added comforts of this spec was that whoever ordered it would have ticked this box for this acoustic glass which is probably part of a pack you know you buy these things in packs you don't buy not a lot of these things don't order individually it may, it may have been i don't know i've never never ordered a new car before never had the privilege of doing that but um but it's interesting that listening to um, i mean i listen to a lot of podcasts a lot of spoken stuff in the car but i also do listen to music it's just again it's that thing of you know because there's no engine running a lot of the time it went up to higher speeds and 
and because of this glass, everything's slightly quieter, so you hear more, obviously. Anyway, so the thing that I really noticed in the drum shed was the next door here was that I thought I could hear lots of stuff coming through the roof. Um, so when um, when this guy Russell, who who's built this, um, which used to be a summer house and it became like a longer kind of summer house and it became like my drum shed and he built our other shed in the garden our nice uh it's my workshop shed um well it's our workshop shed but i tend to dominate in there you know, it's just full of my crap basically as is this place now um so when yeah when he built the the extension onto this the thing i asked him for was to put um rock wool in the walls you know but I never mentioned anything about the ceiling. And it's got this kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's all insulated. And it's got this cedar roof, these cedar uh, sort of, uh, um, what they called? Uh, like, um, uh, I can't remember the word. Like, not s like slate, you know, pieces of um, squares. God knows. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's not, I, I wanted a more mun municipal roof, but my was overruled um to the to the sum of over 1500 pounds um but anyway you know it does look nice and it, this needs maintenance lots of maintenance which will be another job for this summer uh it needs really painting every couple of years and and some of it was replaced actually um but basically um i was convinced that there was not a lot of um soundproofing going on above my head because it sounded like I could hear the sounds of the road. We've got a road, you know, obviously very right in front of the house, but it's quite a busy road. And and then just the sound of the... We've got a lot of trees around us and a lot of, you know, nature and the sound of the birds and stuff. Um, I thought I could really hear those sounds coming through uh, the roof more than the walls because the walls have got this rock wool in them and then, and then I had extra glazing put in, put in the front part where the double glazing is and I've got quadruple glazing um, and I've been thinking again I have I you know I don't know if, if I'm assuming other drummers are listening to this so we're all some people think about it some people don't but I, I constantly think about this soundproofing ways to soundproof or to to, to to make things quieter and um so the design of this um was i'd thought about lots of different things but I ended up um and it took ages and ages and ages to do this i've been thinking about it for a year and then i contacted this company uh, to buy this these polycarbonate sheets and I measured them all and um, you learn a lot in a DIY project this is my little DIY story another DIY story um, which nobody wants to hear probably but anyway you know bear with me and apologize um, for uh, everything um, so I contacted this company and then this guy uh, I think to sort of bypass the eBay thing because I was trying to get these things custom cut I wanted them a specific size because um, they were selling you know in 500 mil square or, or, or one meter square they had various sizes that were neither use nor ornament to me because the, the, the size of the room was a, a thousand and sixty mil by 960 mil um, so um, I needed uh, four squares uh, sorry uh, I needed sorry each square is a thousand and sixty by 960 
the, the you know the actual length is to you know, double that so i needed four squares so anyway the first thing that i cocked up when i ordered it was i ordered um half the amount i should have because i'm crap at spatial awareness and maths luckily i realized that i've been a complete idiot and um, was able to ring them up before they'd even um before he'd even processed the order um but anyway i'm jumping ahead here sorry this story is really boring and it's longer than it ever needed to be uh, both in the um, the retelling of and the original vibe but um the uh this guy was, was sort of communicating with me on whatsapp and i sent him all the dimensions and every time i was getting to the critical point of like great we've agreed a vibe he'd just go silent on me and he he wouldn't send me a price and he wouldn't reply to my messages. And this kept going on and on and on. This went on for a while and I kept re-messaging him. Hi, you know, do you remember me? I've been waiting for this price. And then suddenly, oh, hi, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. What was the dimensions again? Yeah, these are the dimensions again. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, we can certainly do that for you. No problem. Great. Can you give me a price? Tumbleweeds. Uh, anyway, I recontacted them again about two months ago through eBay, and uh, you know because they can't sell these um, these things through eBay, but they want you know through they want to sell th- through eBay. They want they want to sell you something because they're a business, you know. And uh, anyway, um, I rang them up, which is a great concept, you know. This thing actually speaking to somebody—it's really interesting. Uh, anyway, I rang them up. Dead nice guy and uh very helpful um ordered this stuff cocked it up rang him back up again he managed to change the order then he cocked up the price he quoted me too little and we had to come to a bit of a compromise because you know it was just it was a long way off and I'd ordered this thing and paid for it. And then he rang me back and said, I'm really sorry, I've messed this price up completely. It's actually quite a lot more money. And I was like, oh, that's not great, is it? You should be honoring it. And he says, well, we just actually can't do it for that price. We literally, we can't, you know, we'll just be paying for it ourselves, you know. And he said, I'd rather, I'll just refund you. And I was like, oh, I've come this far. And it's the right, the, it's the right product, you know. They did quite a lot of research. And finding this product at the right price um, was tricky, you know. Uh, so we came to a compromise i made him an offer and he and he went for it and then of course i was buying and then i was adding to this order because i'd messed up the measurements so it ended up being you know anyway they delivered it for free and everything and it came and it was more expensive than i thought and then one of the things i messed up um was i ordered um i'd if i ordered it again i would pay the extra and have it thicker not because i think it actually does anything in relation to sound deadening or proofing because I, I i did something else to it but it's just it, the structural integrity so i had this idea that i would order these 10 mil uh sheets 10 mil thick so 1060 by 960 by 10 mil solid sheets but it was so expensive um so i sort of they had they had 10 6 3 and 2 mil uh, and i went for the 3 mil and uh, when i got them they 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 were flexible so then i was like i've got these four sheets of things that are going to go above my head and they're going to have so i i found this really good company on um on ebay again um that sell this this kind of 
this dense acoustic foam. Now, there's loads of it out there, and I've done quite a bit of research. And I don't think don't know if I've found the best product, but I bought three different types of this foam, and and the other two types was horrific to work with. It was it was like working with marshmallow marshmallows with sticky back on it. Whereas the first stuff I bought by chance uh, ended up, I've stuck loads of it on my walls. It's really easy to work with. It's really easy to cut. It's got really good sort of structural integrity. And then the paper, when you when you peel the paper off the back, it doesn't just fall to fucking pieces, which all the other ones do. They just rip and you end up, it's just horrific, you know. Whereas this stuff, the paper just comes off. I mean, it does occasionally rip, but it just comes off really in one go. And if you do rip it, you can pull it round and it all. you can still manage to get it all off in one go if you take your time. And it's amazing stuff. So basically the idea was to buy polycarbonate squares and then put this foam onto them, which was a basically, and that would be on the um, on the side, the acoustic side of, you know, of where I am, above my head, not on the other side of the polycarbonate. So it would make the sound of the room more dead. And so then I had to build a, a frame to put it on because I'd realised that this stuff... Uh, I was going to screw them together, these polycarbonate sheets, because the guy said it was easy to drill. You just had to make sure you taped it up and took your time, but it didn't crack. It was it's a very it's a very easy to work with um, product actually if you have the right tools, and um, and I, and I sort of luckily do for for that for that specific thing. Um, it's quite easy to saw. You just got to, again. It's like anything. You have to tape it up, and you just take your time. And you need obviously the right sort of saws and old drills or whatever. But anyway, it that wasn't going to work because it was so floppy, you know. Because it's three mil, and I was like, oh, I haven't really thought this through, Dave. Have you? you know, it's like I should have gone for the six, but it was literally two hundred pound more for the six, and and it was like another two or three hundred pound more for the ten mil. It was a massive price difference. And it's fair enough, isn't it? Because you it's basically, you know, it's three over three times more um, of the material, isn't it? If you're going for three mil to ten mil, then you if you've got a th- you know a three mil thick sheet. I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I'm being very patronising to the people that have mathematical and spatial awareness who are listening, and I'm going to shut up now. So anyway, that I've, I've been basically building that, and I've just finished it today. Uh, hmm. Well, I finished it last week, but I've been away playing and then i got back today and then i've come in and uh i've got a drum kit set up in there again it's really nice oh it's just so nice to have the drum set up again i've just not had any drums in there for for weeks and uh yeah so that's been the um that's been the first part of the equation the 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 astute amongst you is that the right word um listeners may notice a difference in the microphone sound or the sound of my voice i bought a new mic um, and i've wanted a 414 xls for a while and i've been looking on ebay and i've been bidding on some but then i found a brand new one that was a really good price and then the the, the guy had a lapel mic as well because basically what well, i'm trying to get this this um i'm trying to get my kind of filming vibe up a step um for I'm going to make a whole series of um, teaching videos at some point when I get some time, which I can't quite work out when. I'm hoping to do them this summer. Um, the problem is, it's just that thing, isn't it? I have, you know, a full-time job, and then when you're off work, you really, really need time away. 
and and the thing I like to do um, away from work is actually DIY things or going we've got this big allotment going down there and you know went down there this evening just to it's just nice to go there for a couple of hours it chills you out and uh and yeah i've been away for a couple of days been to london and, and been over to suffolk and doing a few gigs with uh, arun again and um and yeah i'll talk about all that in a minute that's been quite an interesting thing uh, but yeah just um you know, it's been, I don't know, yeah, weird sort of uh, away from home. It felt a bit stressful. I don't know why, because um, I'm not really, you know, one that's um, ever really bothered about being away from home. But for some reason, is this this sort of last couple of times I've been away have felt a bit sort of strange. Um, but it's, I think it's just that thing of, you know, having not been, and just being a little bit, not burnt out, but... Um, you got to be careful, you know, because uh, I feel like I could do the rest from uh, from it all a little bit at the moment um, in in a kind of practical sense. Because work's been really full on, and it's been the end of our recital season, and that's a very intense time, you know, and uh, a lot of listening and a lot of um, you know a lot of challenging discussions are had um, because we really. You know, we really care about our students, and um, you know, we 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 listen really intently, and you know, and I was I was involved in this year quite a lot more assessments than I was involved in last year because we everything was live again this year, and and um, I I tend to I like to hear all the drummers. That's kind of something that I like to do, and, and I've not had the opportunity. So this year it was great because I got to hear I got to hear all of the drummers all the first, second and third years um, because I went to listen to my own students who was four in the third year and then I marked all the other drummers in um, <clears throat> in year three. Apart from a couple, I did. there's a couple in the morning I didn't see because I wasn't around. But And then I saw and marked all the first and second years. So it's like, anyway, it's a very intense time and that can be quite tiring and we're in the middle of that at the moment. We're getting sort of to the end of that period. It, it, it's all finished, but, you know, it's just... There's all the administrative side of it. Uh, Sorry, I've got a cup of coffee here and I'm trying to do get that get through that much before it goes cold. Um and and then playing's been very and then I've had some music to learn and I just so it's one of those situations that a lot of you will know where you uh, I mean I work with this guy Rune Ghosh. Uh, we've known each other for a long, long time. Uh and we um um he has a new album which I helped him record from here actually, um, and it's um, another album with me and Mikey Wilson on uh, on this album. We're playing together on quite a few tracks. I'm playing some kind of ambient sort of mallet and cymbal things over the top of him playing sort of the, the more kind of groove parts on on some of the tunes and some of the tunes he's on and a couple of tunes I'm on as well. But we've we've done we've done three i think we've done three albums where we've been playing um but not at the same time but this one we're playing at the same time which is quite nice and um and he's a big hero of mine any of you that know me know that um, my kind of respect for mikey um, one of manchester's gems um and uh anyway when we were gigging we did we did quite a few gigs with the new album with um with a with a really nice quartet um 
it was, it was this kind of new quartet because I've played with him with lots of different people. And then the, the the last few gigs have been with lots of different people. And, and so I was very lucky on, on um, what day is it today? Sunday. Friday, um, I got to play for the first time with a great piano player, Zoe Rahman. Never played with Zoe before. No, well, used to know her husband uh, very very well Pat Lingworth who's a great drummer who's originally a Manchester drummer but it's been in London a long time and they've been married they've got kids and stuff um, and I've played with Idris her brother great tenor player and he was on the gig as well and he's a lovely guy and uh, and then um, Davide a really nice bass player and Arun so we had a really nice gig on Friday um, but I always, you know, when you play with new people, I, I, I think I, I find that subconsciously more stressful than I, than I actually give myself uh, credit for or, or acknowledge. Uh, I think it's something I still need to work on. I think I need to. I don't know if that was one of the reasons why. But it's been the last two or three weeks have been quite stressful because the week before, so yeah, we've been, been doing all these gigs and uh, Arun said, "Oh, I've got I've been written this piece and I want I need a dep for one of the gigs." Um, Sarati, the drummer, is is not available, you know, and um, I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'll, yeah, that's cool." So I didn't even think about it, and then he sent me the music. And I was really busy, and I was like, oh, great, yeah, yeah. And I just, you know, it was just the Dropbox link, and I had a quick look at it, and noticed it was quite a lot of MP3s, and um, but lots of charts, bass and piano and vocal charts and stuff. And I didn't really think much about it. And then I kind of dived into it. And I think I was talking about, was I talking about that in the last podcast? Anyway, it was a lot of music to learn. And it was with a lot of, a um, few people I'd never met or played with before, you know. And um, and then a few people in that band that I have played before, and someone in that band, a great singer called Seeming, who I used to work with in Toolshed, and haven't seen her for a long, long time since she moved to London. And so she was doing the gig, which was great to see her. And anyway, it was a really great, really great gig. Really, really enjoyed that gig, and really loved the music. I really got into the music, and I spent a lot of time learning that music and listening, just listening to the music, but really working on the parts and getting to kind of almost learn it all by memory really before the gig um but it was one of those things where we had to run it on the day and i needed to you know it was a lot of unknowns because i couldn't quite hear everything on the recording and, and i hadn't had a, I mean, I really had a chance to rehearse it before and we were going to the day before and then i had this issue here with the shed i could have got a drum kit set up but the, 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 i was kind of halfway nearly finished with the diy project and then and then a room was busy, and so I ended, ended up going down last week. Uh, I think it was last week, yeah, uh, and going down to Bristol on the Jubilee Day, mm. uh, which was actually very, very stressless, very, very easy journey, and just got there and really and they had gear there, so it was a really easy load and really easy park and stuff, and. Uh, had my first EV parking, public parking experience, which was a very positive one for all of the um, all the political people out there who've gone about the nightmare of public charging. And I've just done, I've just done two actually, and they were both extremely positive. Yesterday's, I was down in Suffolk and I found a little local library near the gig we were doing. And I plugged in, swiped my just my contactless card, twenty five p a kilowatt, which is cheap at the moment. 
anybody knows what the domestic price of their kilowatt is will know what I'm talking about. And um, yeah, and it charged up at um, yeah, seven kilowatt charger. And uh, that was beautiful. I'm, I'm sure it was, you know, it was half the price of what I paid in Bristol, which was 45p, which, you know, is uh, for public charging is not bad, really. Well, uh, anyway, blah, 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 blah. That was quite a, not a nervous thing, but it was, you know, it was nice to get that gig out of and did a good job of it. And, and um, it was quite a late night after that and then I was quite tired when I got back and then 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 had these couple of gigs on Friday again playing with somebody new you know even in familiar music but you know just that thing of of always um, playing with new people you know it's and then yesterday did this did two lovely gigs just a ruin a guy called Rick Simpson who, who I've known a long long time and not seen him for a long long time and we had two really nice gigs yesterday I had a really good laugh and sat and ate fish and chips and um, that kind of thing, you know, and sat by the sea, did a couple of nice gigs. So it's been quite intense and then got home uh, today from Suffolk, which was about a five-hour drive. Uh, and um, and then, yeah, kind of got home and want, really wanted to get my drums set up and get all that sorted out, um, which has been great to finally, you know, get this room set up again. And um, and yeah, and bought this microphone a few weeks ago, and uh, I've done. So it's like a, a kind of gear thing that some of you may or may not want to think about. This has been quite an interesting. The four one four thing has been an interesting journey for me. I've got some really nice overhead mics on my drums. These these Neumann KM one eight fours. I used to have some years ago, and then I had a kind of um, I'd say financially tricky and emotionally terrible separation from uh, an ex-partner and uh, and after that I was quite skint you know and I had these KM184s a pair that I bought off my old mate Stuart McCallum he, he had two pairs of them and he sold me a pair and then uh, and uh, a friend at work uh, Bupinder Chaga a tabla player and a producer he he found out I had these mics he said if you ever want to sell them I'd, I'd give you what you paid for them you know and because he said I, I want them for my tablet, you know, for for doing some live things, because they've got because they're so gr they're great detailed sound, they're very pristine sounding microphones. If anybody knows who's ever used them, they're quite different than this the four one four thing. Um, and anyway, I needed the money and I sold them to him. And I also wasn't using them because when I where I used to live many many years ago, my ex partner, I had a little room very similar to this actually that we we converted the garage and the house and it became and it had, a, it had its own door so we had a weird house we had two front doors very very strange um but the the right hand door was into my drum room and I'd, I had some blinds on it and it was it was a very small room it was uh, a lot of the design um my ex uh, partner she very she was very good at spatial kind of awareness and uh and and funnily enough, when we did when I designed this, my my um, my good lady partner, wife not wife but uh, uh, Fiona, she had she was very similarly spatially aware about where to put shit, basically, you know. So um, shelving is the key, and we designed in this in my old house. We designed this really interesting. Uh, 
thing where it was like two metal bars that created like a shelf but obviously were you know there was a hole between them because they were, they were spread out by you know 10 centimeters and so basically there was really good solid bars running wall to wall and when you put the drums on them obviously the drums sat beautifully inside them because you know there was um because they could sort of sit inside so you got extra room uh, it wasn't like a, what I've got in here now is is wooden shelves, so you don't get that extra room. You have to put the drum on, and it's you know the the space you've got is the is the diameter of the drum. Whereas when when we had this old design, it was good because you put like a a floor tom or a bass drum. I had my eighteen inch bass drum up there, and you you'd gain, you know, you gain like nearly two inches back by the fact that they would it would drop below the below the the height of this wooden these metal bars, you know. Anyway, uh, blah, blah, blah. That's just sort of the random kind of story. But I used to have, yeah, it's a little room and I used to have a little studio set up there. And when we when we separated, uh, all my stuff kind of went into storage really for a long time. And I had these really, you know, I had a set of nice microphones and they all just got sold because I just wasn't using them. You know, I didn't really live anywhere that I was like settled for quite a long time. You know, um, that was kind of 2011. Um so uh, I moved here um for sort of uh, permanently in 2016. So um you know there was that all that time where I'd had I mean like my old I lived in a couple of houses and um, my old PC which I used to record on I, I used to build PCs years and years ago uh, for musicians and for myself and I had a very, very good PC that would still work really well, actually. I sold it last year to, or the year before to some some guy on eBay who was kind of into the, into the PCs like I used to be, and he used to strip them down and, you know, build uh, computers out of all the parts. But he had, like, really good matched memory. It had a really good graphics card. It had really good hard drives, and I put a solid-state hard drive in it, and, and uh, that worked, actually worked really well. Um, as long as you have this kind of disk utility thing in order to make sure the disk was um, was made, basically you have, to, you have to maintain them because of the way they. Um, I don't really understand it, but I know I kind of know what you've got to do to make sure that this thing doesn't go pear shaped. Something to do with the BIOS and the RAM and the way they interface with each other and the virtual memory and some other things, and it, it can all go pear shaped if you don't maintain it. Anyway. Um, that computer did get did come out sometimes and I'd occasionally set it up and I'd I've had hundreds of projects in there and spent a bit of time mixing things and trying to work a bit more on some music, but I never really got anywhere to work until I moved here, you know. And then um eventually we made this decision to convert this um convert this summer house, which was just literally all was in here was was a table, uh, a couple of chairs and candles basically and then there's like these little doors here that open out and you know when there's nice sun sets in the um in the summer which which there always is um but yeah we, originally it was like, it was half a sewing room and half a drum room and then we sold our upright piano bought a grand piano put that in the living room and converted the old music room in the house to the small the small bedroom into a sewing room which is where my partner has all of her sewing stuff and then the spare bedroom, we got rid of the bed, and that's her office now. So she's got a desk in there and all of her. So she's got 
those two spaces and I've got up here which is away from the house which is good it means never have to bring any gear in the house which is useful so blah 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 anyway so there's always been this thing about kind of um getting the getting the mics I really liked again and, and I've kind of got there now I I, I use uh, anybody knows who knows me I use the, like the Audix mics I use them for bass drum and toms um I tried it as an undersnare actually a, a D2 I didn't like it so I bought another SM58 last week actually I, I'm always looking on eBay for the the 58s and I found a new one that somebody would accepted an, an offer a nice offer on so and that arrived and it's um uh and so undersnare is uh, 58 and and uh, I like a 57 I, I use a 57 on the top um, I know it's not the greatest mic in the world and some people would be like, why wouldn't you use the KM1? Well, I use the KM184s for close overheads. And then I've got a couple of um, these Golden Age um, Active 3s um, um, ribbon mics for sort of room mics, and they sound great. Um, but I was, I've been working, I've not done anything with these guys actually for quite a long, quite a, quite a while, a year or so, but um, I was working with these these guys that wrote film scores and um, Dominic and Jack and Jack used to I used to go over to Jack's and record. Um, sometimes he'd hire a place when we had the COVID situation and uh, the lockdown ended. We he found a, a, a sort of big space where we could sort of socially distance and record. Um, but most of the time after that, I was going to his uh, his place in the middle of York. And uh, he had the Coles. Anybody who records drums knows, you know, the Coles rhythm ribbon mics. And I, and I, I think the fantastic microphones. Um, one of my favourite albums for me that I ever recorded jazz albums. The the guy used a pair of them, and I just something about the sound of them with cymbals and. Um, anyway, but Jack uses them, and, and we'd always set up the Coles, you know, first and uh and then we'd do some recording and it all sound great and then he'd go ah, just i'm just gonna get the the four and four round just uh just a single four and four and put it over the drums and, and put it quite high over the drums and then we'd record some more and we'd both we'd both end up thinking it was the better sound you know i don't know you know one single microphone not not just using the single mic but we'd only we wouldn't bother close mic in the toms and stuff we'd just do bass drum and kick and maybe a hi-hat um but there's just something about the sound of the i don't know the way i play and, and the 414 so i've always wanted to get one and um and I've got one, so I thought I'd just try and record this podcast with the mic as well because I've got I use a Rode NT2A which I've had for a long time, um, and that's a good mic. It's not a great mic, um, but I'm also doing a bit quite a lot more uh, sort of vocal recording here. Uh, and I also bought a vocoder recently, which is uh, hilarious and brilliant all at the same time, um, but. Yeah, I'm sort of working on a couple of projects at the moment. Well, I've got my own thing going on where I'm trying to get this song that I wrote in February 2020, which still hasn't been um, recorded because uh, it's been just really hard to get the person I want to sing it here to actually sing it. Um, 
so I wanted to buy a better mic for that, but I'm also working with this guy, Ben Walker, who's a great, great amazing multi-instrumentalist, and, and he's a songwriter as well and singer, and I'm working on this project with him, this album, him and Pete Hughes, and uh, Ollie Collins played on, and uh, there's a few other people I don't know on there, but I think Chris Manis is also a great percussionist. He's going to play some stuff on that, on this uh, project as well. But, um, yeah, I kind of wanted to do some of the the work with on the vocals here and when we went to record at the studio where we tracked the band stuff a really nice studio um i can't really describe where it is it's sort of between huddersfield and home firth i suppose a guy called brian but it's, it's in the back of his house it's like a lovely lovely room that he's built and um, I've mentioned this before. It's the guy who used all the same mics on everything. And the drums sounded amazing. Um, a different mic on the bass drum, but all the toms and the snare and the overheads, all the same, this AKG mic, same mic, but about, you know, eight mics, but the same mic. And um, just really interesting. Drums sounded really, really, really good. <laughs> It's just that thing of like you just use the same mic and everything. It's recording everything in a close way, exactly the same, but as close as damn it, you know. If the good mics, obviously. So anyway, um, the thing I was really aware of when uh, Ben was recording his vocals, and then we tried to do a bit of backing vocal stuff there. And, I, and I, I'm 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 an all I'm I'm genuinely a terrible vocalist. But if I'm working here and I've got I'm in kind of control of the interface and the the pace of work and stuff, I've got a bit of a way of working where I end up with what I would consider as an acceptable result, um, because I've got a number of little things that I do. Um, one of them involves auto tuning, of course, but various other things as well. And um, and I just can't I can't work in that way when I'm under pressure or, or I'm in a situation where, you know, I mean, like it, to record vocals properly, it's like a serious thing. You know, I've worked with some amazing vocalists in my life, and you know, and and just I I know what what that kind of process involves, and and also you know I know a few people that have worked with. You know, kind of helping pop vocalists and just the way in which that process you know it's like the it's like you know recording drums or whatever but it's, it's to get a vocal take there's there's such a process involved in that whole thing especially in um what i'd say you know music away from jazz you know pop music or rock music or whatever it's like a really it's almost like an athletic thing really you know i've seen the way some vocalists work just the way in which they it's just that way of building up to being at the on point to then to then start comping doing some takes and trying to comp uh, comp a take or even do a whole take in one you know um and then sometimes you know i've worked uh, somebody i've worked with and uh, a take that we've done as a band ended up on the record because it had a vibe you know um just that whole thing of everything came together and it was it's like ah 
amazing you know that, that kind of that take ended up on the album you know um because we were tracking drums and bass we weren't tracking uh, the band we were just tracking and, and everyone was playing so that i me and the bass player would have the right dynamic and the right sculpt and the music you know so um anyway there wasn't anything specific but i was going to just talk about the thing today i was it was, it was more of just a kind of general catch-up thing really and just uh just i was reflecting myself upon just this kind of process of um you know we all want to be liked uh we all want to be loved you know we all want people to like what we do accept what we do we want people to um to i mean i i, you know, I don't know any musician that, that wants the opposite of that. i don't i don't there's nobody i know that wants people to hate what they do and and dislike them you know intentionally um so it's a kind of you know, what i'm saying is is goddamn obvious but the 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 subtlety in that equation um is how much we care about that both subconsciously and consciously um and uh, yeah it's maybe something you don't do or don't think about but i i think i think i have a bad re- i think i have a bad relationship with that thing i think i have a i think i i don't acknowledge my anxiety about kind of um about the sort of um well actually no, i'll rephrase that a different way the thing the thing that i noticed since in the last three years since working a bit harder on the drums the thing that i've noticed is that i am better so again i'm preaching to the choir and i've said this a million times but just to remind myself and anybody that's listening and just if you need reminding is that practicing works you know practicing makes you better even if the thing you're practicing <clears throat> doesn't feel like it's getting any better the thing that you're playing in the moment what's being demanded of you which is independent of things that you're in, normally in control of because it's normally somebody else is asking you to do something in a certain way you can't preempt that you can be as prepared as you can as best you can you know uh, and a lot of that's psychological so it's a lot of it's wrapped up in this thing i'm talking about this kind of um, this kind of neurosis it's a neurosis it's a nightmare no it's not it's well it's a slight nightmare and it is a slight neurosis for me i'm not not trying to project that onto anybody else but just this my own relationship with myself in respect of that but the thing that i've noticed in this last year or two since practicing more of and it's so obvious is that i'm better so i have not reset or rebalanced my my personal view of myself in relation to what uh, i would have felt in those situations five four or five years ago you know and uh and so i think that psychologically i'm not kind of not sort of in a good place uh with that at the moment i think i'm a bit i'm a bit askew 
and a bit lacking in self-confidence you know i think that's ultimately what it's about you know it's about i mean you can be um you can be oblivious which i god i wish i could be oblivious it'd be a wonderful thing to just wander through life obliviously and just have no kind of concerns or whatever about anything and just yay it's all beautiful and that's great and it's not like that for me it might be like that for you and i'm very envious it is a lot of people i know and talk to and laugh about this a lot with it's not like that for them either and it's probably not like that for many of you listening to this i don't know but uh but there's a kind of um there's a there's a connection with the reality of where you are and about how you feel about where you are in that equation which which can affect your um your kind of fundamental self-confidence you know the sort of what i kind of think of as subconscious self-confidence which all sounds like a complete fucking mental case nightmare but anyway you know i think there's a kind of we kind of go out there and we hey you know i'm confident or me and everything's cool and yeah beautiful and it's all great and that's like a projection of um you know a social conditioning in which we um you know which we share with 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 people and it's only really the people that we know really really well who knows really well when they know that that's not quite what's going on you know and i've seen that when when i've um you know people who are friends of mine but I'm, when i've been through periods of seeing a lot of them and being sort of quite close to them because with you know the music business you know it's a funny thing that you, you see lots of certain people sometimes and you don't see him for a while but there's some people that i consider as 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 close lifelong friends i mean mean, like one of them is like like pete hughes you know and and me and pete i've known pete since 1993 um and we didn't see each other for seven years at one point but it made absolutely no difference you know with our friendship when when we came in fact we had a very strange really really strange thing we the last time i saw pete was um he went through a similar situation to me and he ended up living in this flat which and i went to see him and he just moved to this flat um and we were like chatting and i stayed with him that night Uh, he put me up um i was going for a bit of a strange time and um uh, members just staying there and then in the morning i kind of went and then i didn't see him for 10 um nine years yeah eight years something like a, a while and the next time i saw him was was at his flat um and it was when we when I pulled up there and saw him, we went in and it was like we were just carrying on the conversation we'd been having eight years before, you know. And that's what I'm talking about. And, and those people, you know, they, uh, I think they know you, you know, the people like that. And then there are other people that you, you know, friends with who, who maybe don't know you quite as well. And they and, and the music thing, people, you know, see each other a lot and um, everyone's... You know, unless somebody's going for a really hard time, people tend to be, you know, politely positive about everything. 
Um, but very, you know, very occasionally people are, are kind of, you know, if they're not feeling so great, whatever they might say, oh, actually, I'm not feeling great at the moment. And that's quite nice, actually. Someone's actually been, you know, actually opening up a bit and being a bit kind of honest about, you know, where they're at. And uh, and I think, yeah, I think, and so the self-confidence thing, I think that there's like two sides to that thing of where there's the person that, is underneath who's the vulnerable person who's who's you know my thing you know just to share it is i'm hoping everything's gonna go okay you know i hope you know i hope i'm gonna play well i hope i'm not gonna mess anything up i hope people are gonna like what i do i hope i'm gonna do a good job all that stuff you know and it's all a bit pathetic really um it's uh you know, it's not an egotistical thing, but I, I think some of it is maybe subconsciously or unconsciously, I don't know, egotistical, not sure. But um, I, it feels like it comes from a good place, you know. But it ultimately comes from a place of insecurity, which is not great, you know. So, um, but then there's the kind of outward face, and you, you know, um, you just say, hi, you know, whoever you are, and you meet new people, and everything's cool, and that's all great. But the last few weeks have been there's been quite a lot of that going on, you know. And I think and I think it's been that's also been going on a lot since we've all all of us the we the royal we of musicians who um, you know the who've all been shafted by COVID, like airline pilots, you know. Some of the some of the, the worst affected people by this pandemic have been people in the entertainment industry and particularly performers. Um, be it acting people or music people or whatever and airline pilots you know that's why we have a shortage of planes at the moment because all the airline pilots they went and they've gone off and done other things they've got new got new careers and they, they're not going back to flying again because it's like i'm not doing that again it's a nightmare i've got myself a new career now that pays just as well and uh, i'm not going to give that up to go back and and then for covid to come back in six months time which I'm, i don't think it will by the way but just that you know um but it's funny we don't have that choice do we you can, i mean you know give you can give up music and decide i'm not going to play music anymore i'm going to do something else and people do occasionally do that you know but fundamentally it's what we do so you know since we've all since i've come back to playing again again it's just been that thing of you know um you you're i'm two years really out of practice of that thing of playing with people and feeling you know connected and feeling self-confident and feeling like i can sort of rely on this kind of gigging solidity and you know and a professional solidity and a mental solidity and all that stuff uh, it's going to take i think it's going to take time to get to get things to get back to normal with that you know so um and that was kind of the thing i wanted to share really that was what I wanted to talk, talk about today because I've been thinking about it and um, I thought well I could bore somebody to tears talking to them about it in real life or I could record it in the archive and then um, you know you got two choices haven't you? you could have listened this far which thank you if you have or you could have turned it off half an hour ago which I would have perfectly understood um, so yeah it's a funny old thing but yeah so if, i don't know if you're going through that same thing at the moment anybody's feeling that thing then um you know you're not alone and it's nice to um 
well, I feel alone. Oh, I'm literally I'm sat I'm alone because I'm sat on my own talking to a microphone, but I'm sort of hoping that you know somebody I'm talking to somebody eventually. Um, but yeah, you're not alone, and I'm hoping I'm not alone. Am I alone? Maybe I am alone. Maybe everyone else is like Dave. It's like it's all fine, mate. Just chill out, you know. Chillax. Um, anyway, blah blah blah. But that's been the thing. That's been the the last you know the the, the sort of main thing of the last few weeks. It's been. Uh, I'm just going to turn this light on. That's good. It's actually completely pitch black in here. I've just realised I can't see anything. Um, yeah, it's been yeah, it's been full on, and so I've been doing very little practice, and I've been like really wanting to get back into it again. You know, there's been sort of two things that I've missed. Um, one is keeping in any way sort of slightly healthy and fit which have really fallen off the bandwagon with um, and the practice which have fallen off the bandwagon with and I kind of you know, I feel physically and mentally I feel a little bit um, yeah a little bit kind of in need of sorting that out you know so I'm going to be taking some steps in the next two or three weeks to um, to get back on that and I'll um, let you know I'm going to get on with it you know uh, the main thing is to get back on the drums and start doing some get back into some coordination practice again got loads of stuff in my little book um and some of it i kind of got a little bit of the way with and some of it you know i kind of got a little bit of another way with and never kind of really um put a tick next to any of it but the thing i've realized is actually you know there's no tick to be had there's plenty to do it's all just process it's all just about getting the neural vibe more connected and uh, yeah so it's getting back on it getting back on the um, just back on the in that frame of mind back into that routine there you go there's a word I'm looking for into a routine which um, yeah when you sort of traveling around a lot which is what we do don't we it's really hard to uh, maintain that kind of home routine thing you know um, well the next few weeks things are a little bit little bit more chilled out so the gigging thing is um, is becoming a bit more spaced out now and uh, once we get this kind of this month out of the way June um, work-wise then um, move into sort of this July period, which will be doing some um, quite intense kind of prepping for next year. And then I'll be, and I've got some holiday. Got quite a bit of, um, got nearly four weeks um, within a five and a half week period off, you know, which will be nice. And again, you know, and some of that period, I'm really, I want to, I'm trying to design this. Um, this uh i don't know what it is yet but i've had this idea for a while to sort of record um like a kind of course a um, drum course teaching course thing which basically is this i is this kind of around the idea of what i teach you know um i want to try and get it bit like this archive really i want to try and get it all filmed so i've got like a version of it which you know which can be um which should exist you know 
Um, it's not the kind of be all and end of it because it is easier. It is easy, to, much easier to teach it when I'm teaching it one to one. You know, that's that's actually what it's about. You know, and there's so much more to that teaching one to one thing and that relationship than 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 um, than just the content of some information video. Anyway, as any any of us know that, of course. But it would be good. I've always had this idea to get this. Um, it's kind of in three bits, really. One is this kind of core. Um, how does one move from the this or that sound into the jazz sound? Which I think is something that I can teach really effectively and help people that want to do that thing. You've got to want to do it, haven't you? You know, it's um, the information isn't as of no use to someone that has no will. So there's that aspect of it, and then there's this sort of the. Um, the the technical it's complicated this thing because coordination is technique but uh there's there's this thing of sort of uh, of fundamental sort of technique like how does one you know how does one play double strokes or how does one uh understand rudiments and i've wanted to kind of archive that um my kind of understanding of how rudiments are constructed and this I wrote this book called, you know, Rudiment Foundations, which is a pre-rudimental study book, which helps people if they practice the exercises, they can play rudiments much quicker. It's not about practicing the rudiment; it's about understanding the construct of the rudiment. How's the rudiment made up? What's what's the kind of what's within the rudiment? What's the what's the answer to the rudiment? What's the meaning of that rudiment? How how it is how is that sticking? What's going on in the sticking? You know, uh, I'm teaching this older chap at the moment i see weekly and uh, i've really enjoyed teaching him you know uh, he's, he's a great guy and i have a good laugh as well with him and um and it's really it's really nice to to talk about um just to sort of say you know have you, have you clocked that you know within the flam paradiddle you know the right hand's playing three strokes and the left hand's playing three strokes when you understand that and how that if you can get your hands around that and find a way to make that 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 actual part of that pattern smoother then you'll play flam paradiddles quicker whereas you know the other school of thought isn't it is just practice flam paradiddles and try and play them as fast as you can you know that's not really where my head is with any of with any drum teaching you know but that is a way of practicing and it works for some people you know but um you know, I was always one of those kids that liked to pull the um, the scale electrics car to pieces to work out where the cogs were and what the motor was and how the little those little strips that touched the track. You know, where the electricity went, and all that kind of you know. And then you know, obviously, in the process of that, would would completely destroy the actual toy itself. Um, hey ho! But that, in that process, would learn how how the whole thing worked which was kind of more interesting than playing the game. So, um, you know, it's that sort of, it's that kind of brain, isn't it? <clears throat> um, but ultimately, as with everything, we must want to play music. So <laughs> not just about the nerdy side of it. But that's one, the second part of it is that, um, is that aspect of it. And then the third part is, um, which is linked to the first part is the is just the sort of the fundamental 
this idea of of, uh, of coordination practice and 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 um, and getting into you know um, bringing that sound world, bringing that vocabulary language world into this coordinated setting, which is you, you know. Um, so that's the kind of thing trying to create these videos and it's something I wanted to do for a while so I've been thinking you know things like I wanted to, I bought like a crap lapel mic and it didn't it didn't work properly and it sounded shit you know and so when I bought when I bought this 414 the guy had a, a really nice uh, Sennheiser lapel mic which I'm so I made him an offer on the two mics and got the two for 100 quid cheaper than I would have paid for them separately and they were both brand new so I mean the 414 was still in its plastic bag it wasn't even the seal wasn't even broken you know it was it was a literally brand new microphone and uh and the Sennheiser as well beautiful microphone lovely lapel mic and the drums sound nice through it and so I wanted this thing to be able to yeah to have a decent setup then the next thing is I'm thinking I'm still thinking about cameras you know I've got this quite nice zoom q8 thing it's not a very good camera really and I, I look at all these you know my partner she's got a, a panasonic um gh4 i think it's anyway yeah uh, i don't know anything about cameras by the way so everything i'm saying may be complete nonsense but um this dslr thing people use these dslr cameras and part of me thinks i need that's what i need to get i need to get a decent camera as well and then find the camera angle in this little, this little tiny shed space that I've got, which I can't quite work out at the moment. Because I look at it now and I think, where am I going to put the camera? You know. And then, and then it's writing the script, you know, which I've kind of written in my head over the last two or three years. Um, but it's actually doing the job of work of going, right? This is this series of videos. This is that series of videos. This is that series of videos. This is the incremental this is what they are in sequence and I know that I'm going to need to be on my A game to record all this information you know and that's a real challenge I think a lot of people don't appreciate that when they watch these drum videos these educational videos you know you know people slag off well some people do Thomas Lang you know he watched that first DVD made I'm telling you he he was so on it to make to make that that encyclopedia of, of technical information on that video, you know, it's just, it's an absolutely ridiculous achievement. I think, you know, um, regardless of whether you like his drumming or not, who cares about that that side of it? That's just a taste thing, you know. It's almost a subjective thing, actually. You know, there's different reasons why people don't like different sorts of players, you know, and that's all subjective. But the the, the actual thing of what someone you know, when they when they put sort of pen to paper, so to speak, that's what it is, isn't it? It's it's nailing you whatever to the mast, isn't it? You know, this is who I am and this is how I sound. This is what I know and this is how I can play it, you know. I think anybody that does that on any level and achieves it to a level where they're prepared to share it, I think deserves respect for that, regardless of whether we like their playing or not, you know, whatever. Who cares about that stuff? You know, you just get over yourself. Uh, I don't know, get over. I don't know. I'm saying that too, but I just think you know. Sometimes we're all we're all a bit precious, aren't we? Whereas actually, you know, um, it's when you sit down and you actually try. Because I made a drum video years ago, and there's only one copy that exists. And um, my old friend Jeremy Sassoon has the, that copy of that DVD, 
and uh, it's a funny story i i um somebody approached me uh who, who was a guy who was now a guy who made uh, who used to video this gig i used to dep on and he was he was good he was a nice guy and he was good at videoing the gig and he used to he was in the days before people had you know access to these you know nice camera phones and stuff he, he used to bring a proper camera down and he would video the gig and then he would send us all a dvd of the gig you know and he had a nice microphone on his camera and he'd record you know he'd do a kind of semi-professional job of it you know um it wasn't multi-tracked and it wasn't multi-cameraed but it was you know for what he was doing anyway i got i used to dep on that gig and uh, and, he, and he liked the way i played and and we got chatting um one day and and i said oh you know i want to make this drum I've, I've made these videos that are on my website and they seem to be this was in like 2003 um and and i it's one of i have this one of my only regrets with the internet and and i didn't really i don't still don't really understand how it all works but um i've had a little bit of an insight into some of it from a friend of mine scott divine who's a is a phenomenally successful anybody who knows scott will know that he's a phenomenally successful internet business it's the biggest in the world for the bass guitar for sure um but i, I when i was yeah in my um when it was 2003 so in my early 30s god that sounds so young now oh, it's frightening but yeah i made these drum videos and they were just technique videos and they were just filmed on like a, a on a camera that pete turner lent me this little uh, little camcorder thing with a cassette thing inside it you know proper and then i had two mics on the drums that i recorded into a mini disc player and they were like left and right and then i had the software i had some software on my computer at the time that i could sort of put the audio in i could put the i could connect the camera on a usb and stream it into movie maker i could then extract the audio out put it into cubase split it put it on separate tracks and eq it it's all like a big laborious process now you do it all in one thing don't you but at the time it was a real trial but i was kind of into all that kind of thing you know and then i put these these videos on my website and um a couple of quite big websites at the time listed it. Drummer World was one. Bernard, he contacted me and um, you know, he really helped me out. He listed my videos on there uh, and he said some, some kind things about me and stuff. And uh, and I was on a site called Drumbum as well. Um, and um, what was his name? Mike, somebody. The guy that ran that site, he also had a few other drum sites. Uh, he was a clever guy, and I kind of I kind of know now how he was making his money out of it. Very clever, because um, I didn't know anything about this kind of um, you know the way these ad streams work and the way the affiliate links and stuff, all that stuff. I do now because my my girlfriend does a lot of stuff with that. But anyway, um, he listed me on his this site called Drumbum under Advanced Techniques, which was like the kind of prestigious, and it was it was also in alphabetical order, so Advanced Technique was right at the top of the lists. Uh, it was like the second or third link. And I used to get between 17 or 110 or whatever, about 100, average of 100 visits a day on, on this website of mine. 
And people used to email from all over the world. Just, oh, I've seen your videos. I really like your videos. It's all great. Blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, I was saying to this guy, after uh, this, uh, there's a point to this story, by the way. Um, the, the DVD, I had this idea to, to remake all these videos properly. Exactly the same content, but make them properly and put them on a DVD and try and sell it, you know. And I'd had a couple of people who'd emailed me and said, oh, it'd be great if you had made some PDF supporting documents. Um, I remember this guy, this Australian guy, emailed me and he said, oh, you know, your your videos are great. It'd be great if you had some PDF stuff. And he had this phrase, he said, if you had that kind of supporting documentation, this would be a very powerful thing, he said. You know, that was his words in this email. I always remember that, thinking, wow, okay. What? that sounds good yeah, maybe I'm missing a trick here I don't know but you know but um, so the idea was I was going to make this drum video and then make uh, with Sibelius which is with the software that I've been using for a long time it was was make a load of um, you know these kind of handouts that would all anyway so we, we booked this room for two days um, and um and I set up my mics and everything and, and recorded it all properly. And he videoed it. And he videoed it with two cameras. And we did it all. We did two days. And then um, and then I didn't kind of hear from him for a bit. And it was a bit tricky. And then when I finally got hold of him, he was a, he was a bit funny about the 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 way in which we'd filmed it. And he said that he didn't really want to film it the way that I had done it. He said he wanted to do, when I was talking about the techniques, do them as separate kind of films and then edit them into me playing. And I was saying, no, all the, the, drum, all the drum videos that I really liked, like the Peter Erskine one was the one that I most aspired to kind of, to in any way get even within 2% of as, as good as that. And it's just... You know, Peter Erskine sat at his kit, talking in a very congenial way, very clearly about what he's doing, and then playing it. You know, so it's the real thing. It's all, it's all real. You know, it's it's just a person talking about a concept or an idea or a groove or a technique or a sound or whatever it is, and then just fucking playing it. You know what I mean? None of this bullshit we see on instagram sorry you know not to be negative or anything but you know the instagram thing we see these days where do any of these people ever play music with anybody or is it just a thousand you know the, the amazing feel is it is it a thousand takes to get there i've never really been into that and that's not what happens when we play music live either you know when you're gigging with people you know it's all happening now and it, you know people are expecting they want to hear you in the moment and they want to be in that moment with you you know and that the the online thing isn't that at all anyway i was like no no that's that that's the reasons why i wanted to film it like this it's really that's like the that's the most valuable thing to me and he said i, I don't want anything more to do with this project <laughs> and it was so weird because he'd filmed it all and never said a word to me when we were filming it it was after we filmed it he he'd sort of said oh actually i want to do it like this and i was like well we can't do it like that now can we because we filmed it all and uh, and I said actually and that's not the way I want to do it I said we, I could maybe do a thing where I sit on the pad and then cut to the drums I said but that's that's not not my values you know 
And he said, no, it would just look more professional. It would be easier to edit. And I was like, well, this doesn't this doesn't need any editing because it's just me sat at the drums talking to the mic. And then I'm playing, and then and then that's it. Anyway, we sort of we we agreed to disagree, and um, Ian very generously he gave me all the video clips. He just said, I don't want anything more to do with the project, but you can have all the clips for free. And um, and he gave me the clips, and I spent ages learning Premiere Pro on my old PC. I mean, I spent a long time. And then I edited all of it, and I put all the audio... I recorded all the audio properly onto my computer and then I had this we had this nightmare the lapel mic that I had on was scratching against my chin all the time when I was talking and everything we, we just didn't put it in the right place so I had to use the microphone for the talking pig off his camera and I had to automate in Cubase all of the dr live drums out of that out of that microphone because they sounded so loud and so bad um so if you could imagine like the thing is about 20 clips there's 20 different things these things about soloing one-handed triplets were one-handed 16th notes and some other different things um groove different sort of groove things um but there's like uh, in the whole thing there's about 20 I think there's about 20 videos, maybe a bit less than that, maybe about 16. But like, and they're not sure, you know, some are, some are like 14, 15 minutes long. Imagine editing all that. It just took me forever, you know. Um, so part of me thought I kind of understood why he didn't want to do that job of work in a way. Um, but I wanted it to look that way. Anyway, I made all those videos and then I put them all online um because they didn't they weren't up to the professional standard i wanted them to be because of this problem with the, with the um with the voice the voice didn't work for me it was too roomy and it just didn't work and so i made one dvd of it i put it onto dvd i got this software and made a dvd and i, and I gave it to i gave it to my uh, my friend jeremy soon i'm assuming he, he still got a copy of it i don't know but he, and i made a proper cover put it in a proper dvd box you know and uh, that's the only copy that exists but since then i've wanted to not not remake those videos at all but i've wanted to do a proper project where i record things in that way you know, person, drum kit, talking, playing, boom, simple, simple thing, and have good lapel mic, and I know a lot more about recording now and stuff. So, so that's kind of that's 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 that. So there you go, blah blah blah. You just had that whole weird story, but it was um, I was you know I've still got all those videos somewhere, um, and they were online and they were on YouTube, and I've slowly but surely got rid of them all offline. They've all disappeared now. And um, and then it's weird watching the original ones. They were so bad. They were so bad quality. But it's weird that pe what people accepted at the time, you know, as a kind of acceptable quality. They was they were terrible quality. But people used to watch them. People used to email me, and that was kind of a, like a high point for me on with the online thing. And if I'd known about what actually was going on online then, um, um, I could have made probably more of a business out of it. 
you know whereas i think now the the, the business opportunity really now is gone in, in relation to being you know being an early kind of adopter um, I still think there's a there's a business opportunity in in all of this stuff in a, in, a, in a very kind of small kind of way, but um, I I think it, it's very stressful if you if you think of it as a, as, as as wanting to do it for a business. I, I I'm hoping that wanting to do it all as an archive that it will uh, that takes the pressure off what the end result of it is. You know, the end result of it is to have what I would consider as the archive. You know, and uh, and the drums in the shed thing is. <clears throat> it's kind of I'm hoping is going to be the, the the brand name of it. I've got the website Drums in the Shed, um, which is not um, she's not online at the moment, but I've bought that domain and I've had it for you know, I've had it for a couple of years and I've got it. It's paid up for quite a few years. Um, and that was the other thing that I lost, by the way, the Dave Walsh dot net website, which I had from from two thousand and one. Um, anyone's heard my my rantings of this on a previous podcast will know the story but i lost that domain which was an absolute catastrophe but anyway you know that's that's kind of that um but that was a real shame because that that um that was kind of my sort of brand really online because it, it was number one on google you know if you type dave walsh drums in it would my website was number one you know and it'd taken a long time to get to that point and even when i like i hadn't i sort of fell off the website thing and, and wasn't really updating it at all for quite a long time and even then it was still coming up very high on searches you know just because it was so established within the Google, um, you know, database, because that's all it is. It takes ages to get into the database, and then it, then it builds and builds and builds. And there's loads of ways that people nowadays build their SEO, whatever it's called, their search engine, whatever it is, uh, uh, vibe. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I know I know how it works, and using all the right keywords and stuff. I'd done all that because I'd had a website that that had good traffic I'd, I'd done all that hard work without doing any of that hard work if you know what I mean it was all done from having something that people wanted to watch you know so but I'm kind of convinced that there's something in the archive that's um, that people might be interested in in looking at and maybe even buying you know I don't know but um, yeah that's it's just a kind of almost like a retirement project I suppose um, not where I'm retiring by the way but uh, you know at 51 one is now thinking slightly ahead so um so there you go i'm going to shut up now because i've been rattling on for a while i haven't played i haven't played the pad at all which is a shame i've got my um my my very first my very first pad on top of my other pad so if um if you've not listened to one of the very early episodes called the pad um i recommend that it's a nice episode a lot of people have enjoyed that um yeah recommend that brushes the interviews uh found all the foundation ones if you go back to those if you're not listening to them then uh, a lot of people have really enjoyed them um performance anxiety it's not well not performance anxiety but one about that kind of performance things i've had a few people email me after they've listened to that who've really thought some of the stuff in it was really helpful for them just to hear somebody else express how insane they are essentially which is what this most of the content of this has been about today so um yeah if you've enjoyed this let me know 
or um, just send out some positivity into the ether um, thanks for listening and um, yeah be back again next month where are we now yeah early June so yeah I think I'm actually a week behind I think I should have released I, know, I think it was 5th of May was it or 8th of May anyway it's the 12th of June today so um, yeah I'll um, be back at some point next month in July so uh, bye for now <laughs>